Welcome to Soma Podcast, and I'm very grateful to be able to reach out and share and enrich with everybody. It's uh, it's really a joy to just share, and uh, especially the things which inspire me, and I'm able to uh, give to others and. You know, hope this is very these are very um strong uh subjects and uh if you have you kind of have to really cognitively move with the whole process especially these these talks are not they're not a very uh superficial type of ideas and techniques they they require a bit of listening so you know and that's the thing right our modern day education is a complete uh, disgrace to education the principle of education because we're given all these useless uh, powerless perceptions cognitions ideas philosophies each each subject they teach you in school takes you further and further away from practical reality. So education is actually a mechanism of sharpening your intelligence and your awareness to be able to dissect reality and be able to subjectively and objectively expand your possibilities. Unfortunately, in school, it's all just a bunch of memorization of impractical cognitions actually the cognitions are all anti-life and if anything even if it's not so much of a the way we think of negative or violent the very fact that it's not practical and it's outdated it's limiting our possibilities that moment we're burning time and being anti being uh, anti-life could be as simple as simply not utilizing every moment to expand your infinite possibilities and grow with cognitions that are going to expand us. So, you know, the the modern day education system kind of misses that boat. Well, in the Sanatana Dharma, in the Vedic uh, education system, which ironically all modern day, the real honest scientists and the, the real great explorers of truth like Tesla and, in the you know, you have like... Um, uh, Bruce Lipton, the modern day, and just a lot of really honest scientists that really want to inquire into reality, they always land on Vedic tradition. They always land on Sanatana Dharma. And it's there's no coincidence, even Einstein did. And so it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful model of education which is founded on enhancing cognition rooted in consciousness. So your intelligence is sharpened as a byproduct, not just your memory is dumped with a bunch of impractical information and you're forced to regurgitate that memory and kind of just standardize and generalize subject matters, which is what the modern day education system does. There's really no sense of accessing the field of reality and allowing our brain, which is the mechanism of, of, uh, of, intelligence to flower so the actual brain they're feeding you extremely uh toxic food and our brain is not able the very brain mechanism just on the base of the diet 
creates a faulty um, system because if the brain quality, if the brain tissue quality, which is the instrument of learning, of absorbing information, processing it, and expressing it, expressing the, the information, if the very brain is not enhanced to its maximum capacity, then the system is useless and the system is also faulty in that it's a memorization uh, based system and we are logically convinced that we can only learn through memorization but the reality is is that uh, our consciousness is is meets our natural innate intelligence and we should just work on flowering that innate intelligence and naturally it will be able the memory will naturally be broad and deep but when you force memory and you overstrengthen the logic the intellect then you shut down the natural intelligence means our ability to perceive reality as it is and be able to absorb the information and process it in a way which is digested by our innate intelligence and be given the most uh enhanced innovative uh, decision or decision making or expression of the information that was brought in through sensory input and then there's even a, f a facet or a capacity when you start working with your natural intelligence more and more and you start getting away more from the overly the dumping the, the logical information and you just start really sharpening the intelligence what happens is you're even able to access uh, information beyond the linear way of popping information in through the five senses. You're actually able to, your brain almost works like an internet connection, not just you know, uh, a computer without internet connection. You're able to access information uh, irrespective of what is going in through the sensory uh, tools of perception. So it's it's quite um, beautiful to be able to uh, to experience education the way it's meant to be. So when we when we look at the future of education, we really need to look into these more tradition. The Sanatana Dharma, the Vedic tradition, has the answers for optimum education to sharpen the intelligence of not only children, just of anybody. And just some basic ways it's done is education was is done primarily through listening. So through deep listening, not logical analysis, it's actually the opposite. The opposite of logical analysis is pure listening. Being able to take an information without the logic coming and chopping and generalizing that information before it's fully processed. So listening, and in Vedic tradition, Sanatana Dharma, listening is called Shravana. So the process of learning was Shravana, Manana, Nidityasana, which means you internalize the information, you contemplate or you process, you analyze with the intention to internalize the information. And then what, whatever clicks with you, whatever, whatever revelation you have or whatever you resonate with, as a truth, you just simply express it. So the education model is a beautiful way of recording into the core of your perception uh, the best methodologies. And naturally what was given in the Vedic tradition was 
an education based on tuning your perception, your cognition, your decision-making towards consciousness, which means constantly innovating. Not only are you innovating the instrument of learning, you're also simultaneously uh, taking in information that is going to constantly raise your coherence on the principles of reality and the expression of those principles in reality. So basically, what that means is how things interact and evolve, you're actually able to understand the unit. So for example, in cosmology, you're able to understand the basic units of cosmology. And when you have that macrocosmic perspective, you're able to map that onto any microcosmic perspective. And you're able to distill the essence of whatever you're putting your awareness on. And this is, cosmology is a foundation, but then that goes into every aspect of humanology. You, you, you can, you talk about medicine, surgery, uh, psychology, um, agriculture. Uh, you can talk about engineering, all aspects, arts, uh, all the creative sciences. Everything is basically um, looked at as it is based on cosmic principle. And that's the beauty of Vedic tradition. It's the beauty of Sanatana Dharma. It's the only system, um, besides, of course, there's a lot of tribal systems that are tribal endogenous systems that are, you know, pretty much attuned to this. But it's one of the only recorded traditions. It's the oldest recorded tradition that gives precedence on social values, economical values, uh, scientific values, all values on all levels are in coherence with cosmic law. And it's not even something to quite, they're the social law and the cosmic law that bridges naturally gap. Now, of course, over time, it's been totally misunderstood. And that's part of the deploy. That's part of the mission. And whoever, you know, wants to be in control, if they, if, if someone in or some entity in control sees a system of self-sustainability and self-growth, it naturally cuts the roots. And the best way to cut the roots of any, any, any authentic system that is independent and self-innovative is to cut the education system. So, yeah, so that's, that's basically uh, the difference between modern-day education and traditional Vedic education. And we definitely need to bring some of those systems back. And even a lot of the techniques, like simply learning, when you listen, when you internalize sound current, naturally, when you, when you contemplate, when you do the manana, uh, you visualize the whole process. So learning is really an act of internalizing sound and converting it into light visualization. You're, so this is a very, um, this is the way the brain organically grows. This is how, and we're already seeing when you learn in this way, your brain builds synaptic connections. And then when you take action again and again, repeated based on the connections you're making, the, you're basically rewiring the, the whole neural, neurological circuits and neural pathways in the brain and regenerating new neurons to fire off and be able to build new connections and also activate dormant parts of the brain. So this model of education, which is not memory-based, it's not that you don't 
grow your memory bank. Your, in Vedic tradition, Sanatana Dharma, memory is known as chitta. And chitta does get enhanced, but it, the, the thing which is being strengthened is the buddhi, the intelligence, not the logical, analytical um, intellect. So you're not forcing intellect into memory. You're just enhancing intelligence by pinning it against consciousness. And naturally, memory and intellect become great. So it's just some of, there's definitely blind spots in the modern day education. And these are just some of the solutions. Okay, so with that being said, this these subjects I'm going over require listening. They're not just like very superficial subjects where you can kind of hear like a dog. See, because the difference between <laughs> intuitive listening and just basic hearing is a dog can hear. You know, a dog can hear anything. But it takes uh, it takes an, an awareness to be able to just listen. And listening is the, the foundation to be able to cognize and do the contemplation, visualize and perceive and intra-analyze and scan the, the information that's being relayed. So listening is the foundation. So when we go through these these uh, podcasts, it's very important to be in sharp listening. And sharp listening doesn't mean you can't, it's not an exclusive action where you're simply, uh, basically, you're not just excluding everything and just focusing on one point. In true listening, I would call that hearing, hearing like a dog. When you listen, you're inclusive. You become inclusive of everything. And you're able to just, your brain goes from 2% active to 98% active. You're actually able to absorb all information, not just whatever you're choosing to process through through language and sound code, but also just everything. You're able to take everything in and just be aware. So the difference between focus and awareness is huge. In focus, this is what kind of the school system teaches. It's just focus. They always tell you, focus, focus, focus. You're constantly teaching the brain to exclude everything. Where with meditation and growing in consciousness, you're training the brain to become inclusive of everything. Therefore, you're going to cognize the actual reality and give practical expression to whatever you're learning. So, yesterday we talked about integrity, how integrity uh, bridges the gap between the inner world and outer world and takes us beyond the dual conflict of inner reality, outer reality, and we're able to uh, come to completion, fulfillment. And this whole process, integrity is just basically the mechanism which takes us out of um, fantasy, delusion. And because when you're aligned to your commitment, you give to yourself and others, you gain trust on yourself. When you don't, you have no trust on yourself and you just you create lies. You basically are lying to yourself, you're lying to others. And the nature of delusion is to believe your own lie. So then we start acting out of integrity as a strategy of our existence. We think cunningness is going to be the best way to get what we want, get satisfaction internally and get... Uh, success externally but actually it does the opposite it brings us deep uh lack of fulfillment internally and lack of connection externally because nothing will trust you 
So we're moving now, and today I really wanted to focus on the subject of insecurity and how insecurity uh, and worry kind of uh, consume us and really don't they don't allow us to access our consciousness they don't allow us to access our source where our bioenergy springs forth where our fulfillment and bliss and joy come from so if we can understand the nature of insecurity and worry and we can learn through consciousness to go beyond it to transcend it then we will be empowered we'll be able to get way more out of life out of existence okay so insecurity is basically a byproduct of inauthenticity so yesterday we talked a lot about integrity well integrity is giving your word, giving your commitment to your, what, let me rephrase that. Integrity is aligning your action to your commitment. So fulfilling the commitment you give to yourself and to others is integrity. Well, authenticity is not only just doing the integrity, but doing the integrity for the context of that commitment, of that, the context behind that purpose. So for example, if you say every day I'm going to work out, I'm going to work out, and you finally work out, but why, why are you working out? You're working out to get healthy, to get stronger, to get more flexible, whatever. You're, hold on one second. You're basically exercising to, for a purpose when you can align to that purpose and you can fulfill the context behind that purpose you are being authentic so why do we exercise exercise is the example i'm giving well we're exercising for a purpose become healthy stronger more flexible have more stamina have a better physique whatever well if we don't align our actions to that purpose we're being inauthentic so we may be integrated, we may do a workout, but we may just want to do very, you know, half-ass, so to speak, without going the, the extra mile, without fulfilling the action for its purpose. And when we do that, see, if we're in integrity, uh, that, is, that is the foundation. But if you don't jump to authenticity, then what happens, the hangover you experience is insecurity. Yeah, fear, right? So we everyone thinks they're beyond fear, and that's because we we tend to get into um, this idea of justification. When you justify your inauthenticity, uh, you you do things which are just kind of adrenaline pumps, but you're not actually looking into your reality and digging out where all you're out of integrity, and if you are in integrity, where you're not stretching yourself. So if you feel fear and you maybe go bungee jumping, that's not necessarily taking you beyond the core, the root pattern of fear. Uh, You're just temporarily um, doing some action, which is giving you an adrenaline kick, which is making you feel courageous. 
That is not what I'm talking about. So don't think that you're beyond fear just because you prove to yourself that uh, you're not. No, those are just distractions. And those just are uh, usually all adrenaline addiction, addiction to adrenaline. And calling that as courageousness is just more like, like a hormonal kick. Like your hormones are filled up and you're choosing to um, release them, so to speak. So this is not what I'm talking about. I'm looking at fear from not just a binary logic, the way we understand it. I'm looking at it from a multidimensional logic. So you have to understand what I'm saying. Integrity, when not stretched to its purpose, its context, that is that hangover effect is fear. That hangover effect is insecurity. So I gave the context of, of working out. If you just go to the gym and you just barely, you know, do anything, you, you kind of don't want to ruin your nails or you don't want to break a sweat and you're just kind of lazing through the, the workout, uh, well, you were integrated, but you weren't authentic. Now, if you went there and you were intense and you went through the process and you aligned to the purpose of why you're there to get healthy, to build stamina, to build strength, to build flexibility... If you did that to build strength, uh, to build to just build health, if you did that, you would you would have stretched yourself. You would have expanded. So not only were you doing the letter, you were doing the letter and the spirit. You understood the context of that action, and you align yourself to the original context. You didn't just do the action just for the sake of doing it. So you didn't just follow the rule, you followed the rule for the for the spirit behind the rule. So you're not really cheating yourself. In integrity, you could you can feel uh, contentment, but there will be if you're just integrated, but you don't move to authenticity, you'll feel content, but you won't feel feel fulfilled. You won't have that true completion, and over time, you'll even lose the integrity. Because life is moving. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. There's no in between. So if you're just settling for integrated actions, you're going you're gonna to commit to your actions, but you're not going to do it for the purpose, the true purpose behind that action, which is ultimately to stretch yourself. If you're just half-assing your actions, even though you're doing what you said you're going to do, there's going to be a part of you which you doesn't trust you. And see, if you don't do the action, there's a the, all of you doesn't trust you. But that's that's what we talked about yesterday. But with inauthenticity, you can be in integrity, but you're not being authentic. There's like a subtle hangover, a subtle residue. And that part of you kind of just sits and laughs at you and mocks you when you want to make new commitments. It says, oh, look at this fellow. He... He wants to expand, but he's not even doing the things he said he was going to do for the purpose and context behind why he's doing it. If you half-ass all your actions, even though you're completing what you said you're going to do, you have this like kind of like pseudo-contentment, which is, integrity is a foundation, but if you don't move it authenticity, you don't expand. So being just content, if there's no expansion, the contentment doesn't evolve into completion. So you have to move into completion. You need to feel complete, full. And that's where the bliss 
starts to manifest. That's where the Shakti, the Kundalini Shakti starts to express through your biology. Your bioenergy expresses through your uh, biomemory and muscle memory. And this is what we want to experience. Fear is almost like the root mechanism which blocks our bioenergy, our Kundalini energy from, from expanding. It stops us from the bliss, our inner bliss. So when you are integrated and authentic to all your commitments you give to yourself and you give to others, what happens is that part of you which laughs at you no longer does and it actually supports you. So now what you have is this extraordinary courage. You have this ex extraordinary, this is the true courage, right? This isn't just uh, a mechanism to try and distract yourself to make you believe you're courageous like a lot of adrenaline activities tend to do. This is actually facing all your blind spots and even facing the things you don't have blind spots but you're not necessarily expanding. And when you do that, you're facing your fear without fear. So you're, you're going to the root of your insecurities which is that gap between you know, you're doing your actions you committed to, but you're not doing them with spirit, with the context behind why you're doing it. You're not aligning to the purpose and you're not being intense, intensely aligned to it. So the problem is, is when you don't, when you're not authentic, what happens is that part of you, which you're not stretching yourself in your commitments, it teams up on the side of the fear and it starts to, uh, overwhelm you and this is a big problem so don't think that if you're you know you can be just integrated and content but if you don't start expanding what happens is all that insecurity it's almost like um in war you have your own army and if you just lose a an army man it means you decide to do an action without authenticity it's not that that army man just dies in in a in, in inauthenticity, it's almost like getting an army man taken to the opposite, um, uh, the opposite field, the opposite side. Where, so don't think it's just like, oh, I lost one of my soldiers. No, one of your soldiers went to the opposite side, the opposing side, and now it's going to, you know, attack you. And that is what happens when we don't stretch ourselves to be authentic in all the commitments we give to ourselves and others. That gap is basically acts as, a, as an opposition force and it accumulates as a, kind of like this load of insecurity. And when this, in, this insecurity will just laugh at you. Every now every time you want to do an action, which you know innately expands you, which you know will bring you joy, you know, you don't, not only do you not have the confidence, this, the, your fear just basically, your insecurities just basically laugh at you and say, yeah, right. And same thing with others. See, others are the source of your outer reality. Your, your, your relationships are the extension of your identity. Meaning like your mother makes you a son. Your, your, your boss makes you an employee. Your subordinate makes you a boss. Your friend makes you a friend. Like that, our identity in all its multi-dimensions is nothing but the expression of other, 
of how we are in communication or we are in an experience with others. So others are really the source of our identity. The There's a, there's a very um, deep understanding of identity. Identity is not, the sense of I is not separate from your attachments. And the reality is actually your attachments are the source of your identity. If you ever try to take away an object, a toy from a little kid, he's going to cry. Like if he, like if he lost a limb. So it means that his, his source of identity is whatever he's attached to. So mine, M-I-N-E, is the source of I. So in authenticity, we're constantly expanding. We're constantly growing. We're constantly in expansion. And when we're in expansion, our identity becomes fulfilled. Our identity becomes complete. It becomes closer to its true nature. It be, it gains the capacity to reflect its true nature, which is consciousness, which is the bliss of the fulfillment, the completion of your being. And this is the gift. This is the fruit of authenticity. It removes the hangover, the constant hangover of insecurity. So we really broke down... Um, what is insecurity? What is fear? Fear is not allowing your integrity to grow into authenticity. When you give a commitment to yourself and others, you're not expanding the purpose behind that commitment. You're not, you're not following the letter and the spirit. You might just be following the letter. So naturally, a whole field of unfulfilled not only unfulfilled commitments, you may be fulfilling your commitments, but that part, which is not in expansion, teams up on the side of your fear and insecurity and constantly demoralizes you with lack of confidence. You lose confidence on yourself. Same way others start to lose confidence on, on you. As I was saying, others are the source of your identity. Your mother, your father are the root of your bio memory and your muscle memory. That's why... When someone loses a near and dear one, they feel kind of weak. They feel kind of powerless for like a day or two. Um, the people are rooted as the the core of our biological memory. Others, anyone, it could be an animal. It, it does. It's not limited to people, but things we've built fond attachments to. So if we're inauthentic with others, if we're inauthentic with others, what happens is they lose trust on you. You may be fulfilling an action to the letter, so people might be content with you, but they're only going to feel, they're only going to celebrate your existence when you enrich them. And you can't enrich them unless you're authentic to the commitments, the declarations you promise to them. And every moment, every relationship is just basically a business, right? It's, it's nothing but commitments. You know, you hold your end of the bargain, and others hold their end of the bargain. And especially... We like to believe with near and dear ones that's not the case. That we're all unless you, unless you've attained uh, absolute completion, absolute enlightenment, you're not in the space of unconditional love. So don't delude yourself. If you, if somebody can cause suffering to you, they're an extension of you. If 
or your near and dear one calls you and says, you know, they're going through hardship and whatnot, you're going to feel an empathy. Maybe you lose a near and dear one. If that causes even an ounce of suffering in your inner space, it shows that others are an extension of your being and you are responsible. Others' completion, others' joy is your joy. And you can see it even practically. If you're living with someone and they're constantly nagging and they're constantly negative, they're constantly angry and they're constantly full of anxiety and they're constantly giving uh, over expectations, giving you fantasies about you, trying to expect things from you that are irrational, but yet they don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to expand and upside what you expect from them and just a whole bunch of mess. What type of a torture you're living in? You can't just say, oh, well, I'm only responsible for the commitments I give to myself. No, you're also responsible to fulfill the commitments you give to others because others are an extension of you. You feel your inner image, your inner space. You're going to feel fulfilled when others have confidence on you. You're going to feel successful when others believe in you and others trust you. When you lose others' trust, your identity becomes powerless. And of course, over time of years of in, in lack non-integrity and inauthenticity, we, we justify and say, well, everyone, I don't care what people think of me. But anyone who says that actually cares the most of what people think of them. That's the irony, right? But it becomes such an unconscious layer. And again and again, you tell yourself, I don't care what people think of me. You start to believe that lie, even though in the core, you're completely starving for attention. You're completely starving for recognition and whatnot. So we need to become aware of these subtle mechanisms that our identity is built on. So when you're authentic to the commitments you give to, the easiest way to become successful in whatever, your career, your relationships, whatever, is to be authentic to the commitments you're extending outward. When you stretch yourself to fulfill the word, the commitment you give to others, you're naturally going to feel uh, they're going to trust you and you're going you're gonna to feed off of their uh, confidence they have in you and you're going to feel successful. And of course, it all starts internally. Internally, you want to be authentic with yourself. When you t- tell yourself you're going to do something, you have to do it. If you do it, not only do it, do it to the extreme. Do it to the with absolute intensity. People are scared of burnout, but actually burnout is nothing but just doing an action which isn't even aligned. It's not even an integrity. It's not, and that's not even what I'm talking about. When you're in integrity, you're aligned to what you know is your truth. When you're authentic about that, there's no such thing as tiredness. It's complete ex- excitement. That, that is what is excitement. So don't confuse when I say stretch yourself, expand yourself, go into your infinite possibilities. Don't think I'm talking about just burning out. Uh, no, that you, you can only burn out when you're doing an action which is out of integrity, which is not aligned to your truth. So forget about uh, authenticity. Authenticity comes after integrity. So you know what your truth is, but not only are you doing those actions, you're also doing the actions to the extent and extreme of the context behind those actions. And if they, if you are authentic with yourself, you will, you will only take up uh, commitments within yourself that are going to expand yourself. Unfortunately, we don't do that, but life gives us a blessing, and that blessing is others will expand us 
by nature through conflict or through compliment. Either someone compliments you, if you extend yourself, if you fulfill their commitment, they you're going to expand in that in that way. If someone contradicts you, if someone's an enemy, if someone's a con, you know a perceived threat, uh, how you handle that is going to determine if you expand or not. Your ability to put your boundary down and stay strong within your truth that will expand you. So others are as much you as you are to you. And actually, there, when you peel everyone away from your reality, there's nothing left for you. Actually, that's the the truth is. Our identity is built on our attachments. So when we're authentic with all of the the all of our attachments, so to speak, the people in our reality, when you're authentic, you're expanding your very identity. And when you expand your identity to a certain degree, it starts to merge into your consciousness. Because the nature of your consciousness is constant expansion. Our consciousness is the microcosm of the cosmic consciousness, the macrocosm. And the principle of the macrocosm is expansion. The Big Bang expands into the black hole. We have generator, operator, destroyer, G-O-D. We have Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, where the creation expands into sustenance, is dissolved into destruction for rejuvenation of more creation. So the whole principle of the cosmos, of God, of existence, is expansion. Your identity is not solid. So when you establish your integrity, you're just putting, you're just putting the foundation. When you expand your authenticity, how others will expand your, you know, others are the source of what's going to pull you and expand your authenticity. You experience expansion and expansion annihilates fear. I mean, let's look at the fear of death. Fear of death is nothing but you're not you're not authentic to the the commitment you gave to yourself about your own life. You say once you realize maybe around six or seven that you're mortal, your body is mortal, I should say. Uh, see if you know the soul's eternal, but you that's if authenticity is not your operating software you're going to have the fear of death. Your soul in expansion as an operating process can can only that only that which is authenticity can take you beyond the fear of death. As long as if you just intellectually know the soul's immortal but you're not operating with authenticity, you will always have fear. And the root of fear is the fear of death. So when you commit to yourself, so for example, the minute you cognize, maybe around six or seven, that your body is mortal and you do not commit suicide, you are indirectly giving a commitment that you are choosing to live life. Now, if you don't live life to the fullest, and this is what I'm saying, if you don't live your integrity to the fullest authentically, there is a hangover. That hangover is insecurity. So basically, death, the fear of death is nothing but not living fully. So when you live with absolute integrity to every commitment you give to yourself and others with absolute authenticity, where's the question of the fear of death? Because you're fully living life. You're living life in expansion. The principle of death 
no longer applies to your operating software where you where you make decisions at that zone you don't you don't you don't identify yourself with your physical body and its limitations you identify yourself with your being which is infinite because you are committing to your actions and not only committing you're stretching yourself to fulfill the purpose behind that commitment you're living life so fully you the fear of death will not exist and that that's same with the fear of snakes fear of see it's not that so for example a snake comes and a poisonous snake it's not that you're not going to move but you're going to move with clarity see right now if you have the fear of death you all of a sudden when a snake comes and it's poisonous your whole life flashes be, before your eyes and that whole flashing is nothing but every moment you lived without integrity and authenticity so you have this deep regret you didn't live fully you didn't live with that full awareness so that regret is what paralyzes you is what causes the fear stroke and it sits in the deeper zones the unconscious subconscious whatever you want to call it and the subconscious is more powerful than the conscious so and and i call it the bio memory where the fear is rooted so when you decide and this can be done now when you decide to be integrated it's a decision decide also to be authentic stretch yourself and you will see uh you'll start the whole past will become irrelevant you will live each moment and manifest the future with so much a uh, for life principle that you will never fear death or the only thing you'll fear is not living right so there's two ways to look at the same understanding you will just be beyond the fear of death so say a snake comes you will, the adrenaline levels will not raise in your system past enough so hard to move the body and forget about phobias you won't even entertain phobias phobias is nothing but there's no external threat actually happen but you're creating an internal threat through cherishing the inse- some insecurity so really uh the being authentic will take you beyond the uh fear and i'll define authenticity one more time it's fulfilling your integrity not only to the letter but to the spirit also For the integrity is aligning your your commitments with your actions doing what you say you're going to do but authenticity is aligning to the deeper context behind that action and deciding to stretch yourself for to align to the purpose behind that action and naturally you will be in constant expansion all right and then the next thing i want to talk about was worry and worry is an interesting mechanism uh worry is almost like the is almost like fear without a reason although i have to kind of explain that basically uh what what is worry first let's understand what is worry worry is kind of this inner chatter kind of brooding over constantly uh confused you know there's something wrong kind of like you have all these problems but you don't even know why it's just a utter state of confusion worry is kind of like uh you don't know why you feel uneasy you don't know why you you just there's just an unknowingness 
it's uh and there's a deep confusion it's kind of like inner chatter which is torturing you it's kind of like teeth in your stomach kind of grinding your intestines for no reason you there's no base basically so with worry when you look at worry uh there's an element of baselessness and confusion now let's understand why that is it's because in worry there's there's no fear or greed but there's a hangover of incompletion there's a hangover of non-integrity and inauthenticity without the direct fear and the direct greed with greed there's a there's an absolute understanding you want something so you know if i'm integrated to it i will have it if i'm not integrated to it i will not have it with fear as we just talked about there's an object for the fear you want to do something but that insecurity hangover of not being not stretching yourself with your commitments laughs at you as a lack of confidence so there's a solid entity for your fear well with worry there's neither a fear nor greed but that same hangover of non-integrity and inauthenticity is there it's almost uh, you call that an incompletion you're not complete whenever you're out of integrity you're incomplete with yourself and others if you're out of integrity with others you're incomplete with them if you're out of integrity with yourself you're incomplete with yourself if you're not authentic with yourself you're going to be incomplete uh even more with you know that added insecurity and then if you're incomplete with others others will be out of integrity with you uh which further or I should say they're not going to trust you that deeply uh or not at all they won't trust you at all especially if you're chronically out of authenticity so with worry there's you don't even know you are confused you don't even know why you are feeling this hangover so with with integrity and with fantasy you know why you want something and you know why you're not having it because you're not aligned to it with fear you know why you're in fear it's because you're not stretching yourself uh you know you there's an object of understanding but with worry it's not there so worry is basically the curse of layers and layers of non-integrity and uh in authenticity now, i'll explain it like this basically if you constantly give a word to yourself that i'm going to do something and you don't do it but you neither close it you, you just you don't honor your commitment but you think you're not going to remember that you gave that word to you that little cunning thing that mechanism that's what screws you over and creates the layers of unconsciousness worry so kind of like every day you tell yourself you're going to uh you're going to well use the exercise example again you're going to exercise and every day you don't do it well you think by n- not telling yourself that you're not going to do it nor doing it by just leaving it in the gray constantly and constantly you think you're not going to remember you're not going to suffer the consequence well actually you do and the consequence is worry the consequence is that that hangover that incompletion sits on you without a base anymore so you lose even 
So if you have a problem, for example, if you have a problem, you don't even remember the solution. You're just floating with the problem. And then you struggle, struggle, struggle with worry. You struggle to solve the solution. And you finally, or I should say solve the problem, you finally come to the solution. But then with worry, the curse is that you even forget that you had a solution to the problem. And within a few days or maybe even a few minutes, you get into that problem again. And again, you struggle, struggle, struggle to find the solution. And again, you forget, because <laughs> that's the nature of worry, it's forgetfulness. And then again, you remember the solution to the problem. And again, so it's a vicious cycle. You just keep forgetting the solution to the problem, get into the same problem, and again, remember the solution, then again, forget the solution. So worry is, is not pleasant. So as you can see, worry is just this constant state of forgetfulness. You're constantly forgetting your the solution to all your problems you're constantly forgetting your integrity and your authenticity see when you have a problem the solution is integrity and authenticity and when you finally remember your whatever that problem is so for example you're feeling sick you're feeling obese you're feeling out of weight and you know you need to exercise you know you need to change your diet and eat cleaner uh but you just you never do it again and again and again and you're you're worried about it, meaning you're constantly, you're like, oh, what's wrong? I don't have any energy. I don't feel right. You're constantly, you're not, you know, and you're constantly re trying to, again, remember, okay, what is the solution? Oh, yeah, I need to exercise. But, you know, you're, again, you don't exercise. And then again, days and days go by and you're like, oh, man, I'm not feeling too good. I'm feeling a little sluggish and all this. And again, you're trying to remember the solution. Oh, the solution, oh, let me exercise and eat better. So... <laughs> The worry is that process, basically. It's this constant forgetfulness. And the root of that is constantly dismissing your integrity and authenticity. Constantly throwing it under the carpet. Constantly throwing it in the gray area. Again and again and again. Well, what happens is it loses a, a base. You, just, you can't narrow it on a particular fear. And you can't narrow it on a particular greed. It'll just be... It's so, your unconscious is so thick and packed up. Uh, with layers and layers of patterns and completions that you there's just no base anymore so well the good news is because worry is baseless <laughs> if you just remember your integrity and authenticity that's kind of like a light shining on darkness darkness has no base it has no solid existence uh but light has an existence it ha and Light has an existence that it dispels darkness. So when you're constantly in that forgetfulness and that confusion, you're constantly in the worry, uh, you're in constant forgetfulness that of your the solutions to your problems, you're basically your integrity and authenticity. You're constantly forgetting your integrity and authenticity. You're filled with the incompletions. If you just remember integrity and authenticity, what happens is all your worries just disappear. So when you bring the, the flashlight of integrity and authenticity and you scan your inner space with integrity and authenticity, you'll see if you had any worries, they'll disappear because they were baseless to begin with. You can narrow on all your fears and all your greeds and you can apply integrity and authenticity on all your direct fears and all your direct greeds and come to absolute completion.
and that hangover of feeling incomplete will completely go away. And uh, the funny thing is some people have a hangover. They have a worry about worry. They worry about whether or not they're going to remember that their problems to their solutions or the solutions to their problems. So while they're remembering their problems, they even worry, am I going to remember that I'm going to remember this problem later <laughs> while I'm forgetting the problem? So worry about worry is should be one more worry you should have right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So you want to you want to go beyond worry. You want to go beyond worry. And the way you do this is bring integrity and authenticity into your inner space through and this is the key through constant remembrance. Constantly drill yourself and remember drill yourself with awareness again and again and again and again. Drill yourself with uh, integrity and authenticity. Constantly scan all the commitments in your inner space you've given to yourself and others and see to it that you fulfill them or you complete them with with absolute integrity and authenticity. So for example, there's no guilt. And when I say by guilt, is say you, you say you're going to do something and then again you realize you don't want to do it. Well, you can close that commitment. You don't have to just give up on yourself. You can say, well, I'm not going to do it. That's also integrity. And then naturally, authenticity will expand you. So if you have some commitments that you haven't fulfilled with yourself or others, and or you have some commitments you've been fulfilling, but you haven't been authentic, you haven't been stretching yourself, well, then um, you can close those commitments. You don't have to fulfill them. So even closing a commitment is, align is an alignment is coming to a completion. So just again and again and again, bring integrity and authenticity to your inner space with remembrance. See, the, the antidote to constantly worrying is remembrance because worry is forgetfulness. You're forgetting your, your the solution to your problems, you're getting into the problem, and again, you're forgetting the solution even after you remember the solution. So you almost have to be in this perpetual state of remembrance and, you know, Talking about every day doing your meditation, doing your Kriya, every day aligning yourself, every day having some quotes up, every day wearing something that kind of reminds you of your integrity and authenticity, just anything which keeps you in remembrance. This is a powerful methodology for uh, completely going beyond worry. So today was an expansion of yesterday. Yesterday we talked about integrity the nature of reality. Today we talk about the nature of fear and how that's linked to authenticity and how authenticity is a solution for fear. And today we the we talked about worry, which is the evolution of uh, non-integrity, non-authenticity. And then constant remembrance is being in integrity and authenticity constantly, constantly reminding yourself to be in integrity and authenticity with all the commitments you've given to yourself and others and constantly being in that expansion. All right, so that that covers uh, what I kind of really wanted to talk about today. And then I'm going to remind everyone about the meditation technique. And the meditation technique that uh, that 
is the level one Kriya, so to speak. So if you want to practice it, it comes from the Tibetan Buddhist lineage. And the way the technique goes is you sit straight, you lock your tongue, you lock your eyeballs really quickly. It means you just kind of visualize their stone, you kind of freeze your eyes and your tongue movement. And you just kind of forget about it. And then you're going to uh, rapidly inhale and then you're going to exhale along with a deep humming. And internally, you're going to decide to unclutch, which means you're not going to connect one thought with the other. Thoughts will come, but you're neither going to express nor suppress them. You're neither going to create, maintain, nor destroy a thought. You're just going to be in, uh, you're not going to clutch thoughts. You're not going to connect them. So when a thought comes, you're going to unclutch from it before connecting to the next thought. What this will do is this will increase the space of listening. This will increase the space of awareness. And naturally, you will flood your inner space with so much awareness that integrity and authenticity will automatically manifest. And this particular meditation techniques technique aligns all the neurons in your brain so that your brain can reflect consciousness. And as a byproduct, the awareness floods, the integrity and authenticity is manifested. You will you will get you will see all your non-integrity in authenticity. You'll be able to make the decision. You'll be integrated enough to make the decision to live the integrity, live the authenticity. You'll have enough energy to be able to fulfill your integrity, fulfill your commitments, and you'll have enough energy to also expand in authenticity. You'll be completely, you'll integrate all your energies, you'll make them authentic, you'll expand yourself. And this meditation technique does this by awakening the non-mechanical parts of the brain. When all parts of the brain are activated, uh, basically your Kundalini energy is, has been uh, circuited properly and your whole, all neurological pathways are formed and you can express your highest cognition, which is your integrity and authenticity. Whatever your most integrated, authentic truth, understanding is, you're able to align to it and expand it. And this is just basically the principle of consciousness manifesting through your being and how when we align our brain to our consciousness, the reflection is the, this expression of integrity and authenticity and completion. All right, guys. So today was awesome. We really went into some amazing topics. So really internalize all these principles and do the meditation. 42 minutes is best. 21 minutes is good if you're starting out, but try to do 42 minutes. And if you're just intimidated with by those numbers, and even three minutes is fine. This technique has no side effects. And it can be practiced uh, quite uh, simply by everybody. All right, guys, take care and have a blissful, blissful evening.